What the fuck are we thinking? Fuck what doesn't fit. Fuck what didn't fit. Fuck what doesn't fit. Am I crazy? Probably, but do I care? No. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of Fuck What Doesn't Fit. What are we, week four now? Week four. Oh, my gosh. Uh, again, my name is Lorna Rose. I'm a communication strategist. And I am Brenda Bennett. I'm an intuition guide. Guide sounds good instead of coach. And it sounds good for this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that is actually the way to go this week. So I'm your intuition guide and your authenticity catalyst. Okay. Since you are our guide for the week, I want to ask you about some guidance that I read about today on social media. This was an article that was shared on LinkedIn that said, according to the perspective of a former recruiter for Google, that using the green open to work badge on your LinkedIn profile picture comes across as desperate and that recruiting and the hiring process are like dating and you want to give the impression that you are exclusive. But what was recommended in this article instead was to use the banner space to highlight your resume achievements. That means that they think it is not desperate to go in Canva and create a graphic banner highlighting shit that's on your resume and posting it at the top of your LinkedIn profile. It gives mom's fireplace mantle filled with high school achievements and trophies <laughs> or like a hi my name is badge just letting you know what my name is and then going and renting out an entire billboard to, to make sure that you know yes that's what it is it's a billboard it is too desperate to let people know, hey, I'm open to work, but it is not desperate to take out a billboard and put your resume on there. I was very happy to see that many of the commenters to the article were disavowing its terrible advice because it is shitty career guidance. That was terrible <laughs> guidance. And, you know, there is no lack of abundance of career guidance out there. Um and in fact, you know, I'm not immune to it. I'm not immune to to receiving it or making sure that um, I'm saying fuck what doesn't fit to me. You know, this building a business is so different than being in corporate. I don't think that is a surprise to anybody at all. Um, but, you know, I'm, I am looking to connect all of the dots and figuring things out. And, you know, I'm still looking for the right guides there. I use the word again, guides and the right advice. And I think sometimes at times I'm kind of flailing a little bit, looking for the right advice or what hits and what's really happening is honest to God that I'm just not listening to my own intuition. So, you know, ex case in point example, this week has been a rough lesson in hiring somebody. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm working very hard on LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a totally different platform um, than where I'm more comfortable, like on Facebook and Instagram, but it's where my audience is and I am bound and determined to conquer it. So LinkedIn, it is, I've felt very strongly as soon as I walked out of corporate that my audience on LinkedIn was where I could help the most. And so absolutely trusting my intuition that LinkedIn is where I'm supposed to be, but who do I listen to and who do I trust on how to get there? 
last week. I had somebody reach out in my DMs, which in general, I just shoot people down right away. I know it's a same. It's right. It's, I have heard the advice of reaching out on DMs and I knew that it was not the way that I'm comfortable doing things. And I let that guy know as much. But his response when he came back was so genuine. And did I say that right? Genuine. Yeah. <laughs> genuine. I mean, you did say it right, depending on who you genuine. ask. Genuine. I'm thinking back to a couple months ago. Genuine. It was really genuine. And <laughs> and he, I, he really, you know, it was very disarming in that, okay, this guy actually knows how to talk to people. Maybe it is that I just don't know how to talk to people. And so I ultimately ended up signing up with him for a couple of coaching sessions. And right. You know, I've been trying to follow his advice. And one of the things is to find traffic on LinkedIn. Duh, you have to have an audience to talk to. And one of the things is to go into events that are occurring and look at the people that are there and connect with them and then to DM. And, you know, maybe that works really, really well in his world where he's a specific product and he's selling two coaches that are looking to work on LinkedIn. What better place? But for me, it feels really sleazy to be going and looking at people who are looking for help. Right. I absolutely agree. That's a really important way to put it. Yeah. I just, it's just not the way I want to go about business. Could it be effective? Yes. Have I seen people do it? Hell yes. Is it the way that I want to do business? No. Does it mean that LinkedIn maybe isn't my place? I don't know, but it is not going to be any advice that I follow. But, and as far, you know, as, as what did I even get from this? Cause I was kicking myself a little bit again, like, Hey, I already have all of the things that I need. That's right. You have all of the things you need and you already know everything you need to know. And I just need to put in an application. Sometimes, you know, I'm still deprogramming a little bit from corporate where I have deadlines and people kind of telling me what needs to be done. And so, so sometimes I look for that push. And that is really where I think I was with the advice from this person. I wanted to know what was I doing wrong on LinkedIn? What could I do better? But, you know, I actually did learn a lot from him. So when you are taking advice, my advice, take it for what it's worth, is to take what fits for you. You're going to know in your gut, what doesn't feel right, dump that part of it, but you don't need to throw it all away. I've definitely had experiences where I'm being counseled by somebody. I'm being mentored by somebody. I'm being given some guidance or advice. I learned to discern a long time ago, just what feels right as I'm hearing it and what doesn't. Nobody listening is unfamiliar with MLMs and a lot of the affiliate marketing out there. A lot of it, it's absolutely not living up to the promises that are being made. And the worst part about that approach is it's always, here's the blueprint. Here's what I did to make all this money. And you're obviously here. So you obviously know there's some merit to what I'm saying. And if you don't follow my advice exactly the way as I'm giving it to you, you're going to fail and you're the problem. All your fault. I think that is such an important point, right? That is kind of the problem challenge. That's what I'm taking up against the coaching industry is so many coaches come into it. Coaching is supposed to be a mirror. I'm supposed to reflect back to you kind of what you already know, help you put together pieces of what you already know or what you're being led to. And I'm not saying I'm giving permission, but honestly, when you get it out and you have that mirror to reflect back to you, what you're saying, it's so different. And so much coaching out there does not do that. It's the, here's my way, here's how to do it. And that does not work, right? That is advice that is different than coaching. You also got to look at the source, right? Where is this advice coming from? There, I just think is it makes me think of 
that whole internet trend of asking this running joke of asking if you're given the option of $500,000 cash or dinner with Jay-Z, which one are you taking? And everyone just like looks at the dumbasses who take the dinner with Jay-Z because it's like, what do you think this man is going to tell you that is going to change your life overnight over one dinner? So you, when you're looking for advice, think about where is this advice coming from? What were the obstacles? I think that's what it is. Did the person who I'm getting advice from have to face similar obstacles? Because if the outcome is important, like everybody wants to make $100,000 a month. Okay. I want advice. You make $100,000 a month. How do you do it? But is their process the same as what I'm going to go through? Do they have to overcome similar obstacles? Can they advise me on how to do that? Yes. Right? Right. And, and I think the other important piece, yes. So somebody who has a, a similar path, somebody who resonates with you, you're going to feel that connection. So all the other thing when you're asking for advice or taking somebody's, let's bring in feedback too. When you're taking somebody's feedback or advice, only take it as far as, is this somebody whose life I would want to be living? And are they where I want to be? That too. So I'm now thinking back to when I reached out to you for advice and what made me do it because I would say it probably doesn't look like we've had similar life paths or we face some similar obstacles, right? Um, however, it was through all of your postings throughout the years that we've known each other and all of the ways that you showed up and all of the ways that you presented yourself that made me feel that you would be able to give me the exact advice I needed. I didn't, I couldn't know at the time what specific challenges you overcame that were similar to mine. I couldn't know at the time that you were going to be able to read me like a freaking book. I just knew because of the way you always showed up and the way you put yourself out there, that you got something about life that I also got myself. And that was where I felt like there had to be some kind of common ground and Brenda's going to be able to really help me. It's that authenticity, right? We're not saying that the person has to be on your exact life path, but trust your intuition, right? And that is, you can tell when somebody's being authentic and that's where the connection needs to be. Um, you know, this guy who reached out on LinkedIn, my intuition went off and was like, nope, don't do it. <laughs> and I overrode it. And so I'm trying to take the good pieces of advice, but you know, he's, he's not in a similar place and he does not feel terribly authentic. And I did not listen to my, my intuition on that. So yes, I don't think you, they have to be exactly where you were, but I think that you need to feel a level of authenticity from whoever you're taking advice from, which brings us to advice versus feedback, talking about authenticity and where does one get feedback versus advice? Um, I think I have a good example of a client from this week. So have somebody who came to me just want to run a quick work situation by me. They are in a place where a large number of people from their group are leaving. And so she is trying to decide how to communicate that to the rest of the team. She tells me the entire situation and I already knew she already had the answer, but she was really caught up because she was asking people for their advice. We talked a little bit about what advice was. Where were you getting this advice? Well, she went to HR. Super important to make sure that whatever you're doing and communicating is right. But the advice that she got from HR was more along the lines of do it this way because it's faster. And that felt really inauthentic to her. So she asked more of her friends. And so her friends, your friends are people that are going to give you feedback, right? Right. So she asks her friends for their feedback. And of course, you know, you talk to your friends about work. Let's just be honest. Generally, you're not talking great things about work. Generally, you're complaining. And so these people already have an idea of what they think she should do. It's like going to your friends for advice 
or feedback on like a problem with your boyfriend? The entire time I'm talking to her, she said, I just wanted somebody from the outside. I just wanted somebody who's not in the middle of the situation to let me know. And, you know, I'm, I'm listening to her and, and I said, what I'm hearing is this. And what I'm hearing is that you want to do it this way. I said, you already have the answer. You do. You already have the answer. You know, these people better than anybody else. You're their boss. It's almost as if, so, okay. Agree or disagree. A lot of times when people say they're looking for advice or even feedback, what they really want is just validation, right? They just want mm-hmm. somebody to validate their idea. Yeah. I feel like in situations like this one, they want help ruling out the options that they know aren't the right option. Right. It's it's almost like just validate that these are definitely not right more so than validate me for being right. Validate me because I know I'm right. Is that's, that that's kind of how it feels, right? That's a great and important distinction because when you first said validation, I was like, no, they're not. She wasn't really looking for. Am, am I am I doing this right? It was more, hey, help me think through the alternatives. Have I thought of everything? No, you're exactly right, and that's what it was. And the more and more advice and feedback, you have more and more data points. She went in this already knowing what she wanted to do. You know what it is? Oh my God, light bulb. It wasn't validation that she was looking for. It was permission. Uh, she was looking for permission to trust herself. Herself. Mm-hmm. That's what she wanted. That's it. Valid Validation that the other options are wrong means permission to trust the option she already knew was right. And what happens though, when you get a lot of data points and advice and feedback that are overwhelmed, overload, overwhelmed, that actually go against Cats all freeze, close them all down, can't figure out where the music's coming from. And there's a video playing in the background. <laughs> just chuck the computer out the window at that that's, point. That's, that's, that's the only answer. That's the only point. thing you do in the situation. Just walk away. Yeah, no, I think it's overwhelmed. But you know, when you go in with your gut feeling that you you know that you're looking for, I think that validation, but it does get into overwhelm when people maybe see things differently than you. And I think that's where it's important to look at if it's advice that you're getting, are you getting advice from somebody who A, has been through what you've been through B is where you want to be and C I love friends and family I do I want to say they have your best uh interests in mind but for the most part they have a very specific lens on how they see you in situations and what they want for you so I think that that is why coaching and having somebody who's neutral not that I don't love everybody <laughs> like love my clients I do but truly it's I am not invested coaches should not be invested in your outcome I want the best for you but I don't know your day-to-day life well enough to know, you know, and and have a vested outcome that I want to see for you. I truly am there to reflect and to help you really see what's going on in your mind. Coaching is like a mirror. It's a reflection of what they're maybe not registering themselves already saying and themselves already expressing. That's it. And I love that analogy of the mirror because it's like, yes, you have to hold up a mirror so that they can recognize where things don't fit. Like, how can you say fuck what doesn't fit if you aren't willing to really see things for what they are? And I think you bring up, you know, I just thought of this. It's not on our list here, but I'm bringing it in. So coaching is a mere advice. You're paying somebody feedback. People have a vested interest coaching. I can get carefrontational. I yes. care. <laughs> I care very much. And I will push you in ways that somebody you're paying for advice from probably is not going to. And that friends and family maybe won't, but if they do, you're probably not going to be at 
as receptive to it. So it's a mirror. It's like a it's like a pushy mirror. It's like, no, pushy a spicy mirror. A spicy a mirror. It, it is. It is not a pushy. I'm not pushy. I am carefrontational though. That's the word for it. It's carefrontational. Yeah, it's I love that. You're confronting because you have to. You have to have a confrontation. We talked about this in a previous episode. It does not have to be aggressive. It does not have to be rude or harsh or hurtful. It's probably not going to feel great, but that's because change is born from uncomfortable circumstances. I doubt that if a caterpillar had a central nervous system, that it would be a very pleasant process to (laughs) melt into a puddle of goo and then reconstruct oneself into a butterfly and break out of the cocoon with wet tissue paper wings. (laughs) Like I can't imagine that that feels good, but that's what change is. That's what transformation is. And the confrontation piece of it, it's going to feel shitty. Care. Confrontational. <laughs> but when you've got someone who can do it with care. So after working with you and after really learning the value of care confrontation, I definitely know like now the work that I do as a communication strategist, I do have to operate with a little bit more of, you know, this person that's getting advice from me. How is my advice going to be the most effective for them? And you were care confrontational with me this week. I mean, you you keep reiterating that I have everything that I need. So Yeah, well, no, because it's true, because you do already know everything that you need to know. And when you get into those phases of overwhelm, it's just really hard to remember that it's hard. It's hard to keep things in focus when there's nothing but dust and chaos and fog around you. And that's not your fault. And it's not anybody's fault when they're going through those phases. And it's uncomfortable. Improving is uncomfortable and finding somebody who can push you in the right way, giving you the right advice and feedback as a mirror. And I don't have all the answers. And as a coach, you don't know. I don't know. I don't know everything in your life. I don't know everything that you should do, but I will challenge you to believe that you know a lot more about what you should do and where you should go and what you do have than maybe you give yourself credit for. Well, I think you give great advice and I'm going to, I'm going to follow your advice this week. You posted on LinkedIn about recording messages of gratitude to people and Didn't you just say this morning? November's uh, gratitude month. Yes, November is gratitude month. So I think I think I'll I'll spend some time showing some people some gratitude because that is really good advice who can't use a little extra positivity in their day, right? Right. And for you guys, all you do, so simple when you're the, the highest resonating vibe, right? If we're going to take it that way, the highest emotional state that you can be in is this idea of congruence and uh, self-actualization. And part of that is appreciation. So showing people in your life, gratitude and appreciation in short messages. So get it out of your head. Don't write it. Don't not say it to them. Record a message, record a video, show them your face 30 seconds. It's great if somebody you haven't talked to in a while, or maybe you don't show appreciation to all of the time, record yourself and send it to them. And you put yourself into a higher state just by expressing, experiencing, remembering the gratitude that you have. And that person's not going to feel bad getting a message about how awesome they are. So you know, you're also lifting up somebody else. So a good way to start out uh, the month of gratitude. I love that. Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. That wraps up week four of Fuck What Doesn't Fit. And we will be back next week. Have a good one.